Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fifth quarter. Coach Johnson. I'm your host, Dave Johnson. Glad you're with me tonight. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to women's uh, football kickoff season. And man, I'm I'm telling you, we're we're getting excited around the around the Tri Cities area. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, these these women they don't get the recognition that uh, these guys have gotten over the years, but uh, they uh, they need to. Um, I'm doing everything in my power to to help all the women's football out, not just my team and our league and all that. I'd love to see it grow to the to the very next level. Um, so, and speaking of the very next level, we got some special guests from the Dallas Elite on the show tonight. Got uh, one of the coaches and the co-owner uh, of the Dallas Elite and three players going to join us, and I'm real excited about that. They are the uh, reigning WFA Division One national champions, and um, they can sure uh, give us all a, a lot of uh, excitement about what it takes to play at the top and the toughest level in women's football. And it ought to be a, a good show and fun talking to them. So looking forward to having them on. I think the coach is going to join me in about 30 minutes. Uh, till then, uh, we're just going to talk about what we actually started this show for, and that was just for women's football. I know what, uh, we talked about other sports and uh, things of the nature and college football and NFL and high school a little bit of all kind of sports, but uh, it's actually we started it for women's football and uh, to promote it. So uh, that's what we're going to do. And like I said, I'm I can't tell you how excited I am ever. All the teams I I suppose are in full swing and and working on the the season, getting ready to start. Um, I I just I hope it's I hope it's going to be a great year for everybody. You know it's. There's only at the end of, at the end of the season. There's, you know, I heard Bill Belichick say before that, you know, it's talking about losing the Super Bowl, and this what this year it was one of the years when they played the Giants, and he said, you know what, if you don't win it, you're just like every other team. There's only one team that can win it, so you count the championship. There's three, I don't know, six maybe total. Uh, championships going on in in the three leagues of, of women's football and 
everybody else is is uh, going back home and working toward reaching reaching that ultimate goal in whatever league or division they're in. And uh, you know, to me, it don't matter. You got to get in a, a league that that fits you, uh, fits your team, the number of players you got, all that stuff. And you know that, and you got to be happy. Something it's got to suit you. There's just there's way more involved than just um, as an owner saying, "Well, I want to do this. I want to get in here, and I want to get in there and that league." And then you jump in and realize you're in too deep, or you wasn't ready to go there. Or things didn't go like you thought. Um, so do your homework um, before you get these girls in the situation uh, where it might turn out bad. Do your homework. Uh, there's lots of us that uh, don't do our homework when we should and get our teams in trouble uh, by taking the plunge when really wasn't ready, you just thought you were, and, and uh, that nature. So get in a league that suits you. It don't matter what league it is, suits your team. Hey, we're all in it for one thing, or at least I am, and, and everybody should be if we're ever going to grow this sport to where I think it needs to be is we're all going to have to get together. That's just the bottom line. Um, It don't matter what league you're in or what team you're on. I know when you play the games, you want to win and you go out there and battle. And I see so so many players in this women's football that have a terrible attitude and talk so much garbage and want to fight. You know, it's everything. You know, you get beat on the play, and first thing they say, I'll be the first one to find you after the game. Man, that has nothing to do with football. There's, You know, there's probably plenty of football players out there that can't uh, meet you on the field but might be able to beat you up. Uh, that, that's no good. You know, I, I can say that from experience. I, I played ball myself my whole life, and I know how it goes. That That's no good. You know, I firmly believe in going out there to win the game. While that game's going on, no matter who's over there, they're not your friends. Once that game's over, you know somebody on that team, whatever, that's all fine and good. I'm not one of those that can, oh, well, they play over there. We're going to take it easy. I don't believe in that. But I believe in exactly playing the game for what it is, a game. All else, all the other stuff needs to go away. And, uh, you know, I see that a lot in in this sport. And there's just no room room for it, as so far as I'm concerned. Um, it don't deserve it. I think that's one thing that uh, keeps a lot of serious uh, people away is the fact that when somebody goes to watch a game or or to uh, see games and they see this kind of stuff and, you know, teams that are getting beat, all they want to do the whole time is talk trash and, and this and that and the other. And I, I just – I don't like it. I think it's something that's dragging the sport down. And uh, I'm hoping that more coaches are, are like myself. I, I'd like to think that our team is really, really disciplined. Uh, I work on it with them. Uh, we talk about it a lot and you know I, I like to, hey you want to win the game? Go out there and win the game. If you want to um, you want to fight you need to go somewhere else. Now I believe in taking your part and all that stuff don't get me wrong but there's just no room for it for football. We're out there 
for a game. Um, you got uh, teams even I, I don't know about the highest levels, but you know teams that um, like the Division three teams. They still got, even though they might win it, they still have a ton of young green players on their team that that are just learning the game. They don't, they care less about fighting. They're just trying to be the best they can be and run their plays and and do everything for them. Much less, you know, worry about trying to fight or somebody get mad because they got beat on the play or or wanting to, uh, you know get after them for whatever reason. So, you know, I think that if we all band together that, you know, we can uh, maybe change this culture. And I'd, I'd really like to see it. And I'd like to say I want to see a good, physical, tough game that it's a battle from the time you kick off till till the horn blows at the end of the game. And when that's over, then, then that's over. And uh, we we go on about our business. If you don't like the fact that you got beat, go put in more work in practice or maybe show up and practice more, go get better. That's, hey, that's just, uh, just the way it is. So, um, you know, I, I, I really want to see see these girls across as a broad in women's football get the recognition they deserve, not just, uh, you know, handful here and a handful there because there's great players on every team no matter what league they're in no matter what team they're on there's great players on every team and just because you may not be on the best team don't mean that you don't join the game don't mean you're not a great player just means you're not on the best team um you know maybe that's something else that you know i talked about one of the shows uh was a question somebody Asked me about, um, you know, recruiting players or finding players. And that's one thing I said was players need to find the right team, you know, because every team don't fit every player. Some players are are outlaws, I guess, and, and some coaches won't put up with it and some will. So, you know, when that, when that happens – you just got to go with it. And and some players, like I say, are just in a bad situation. So um, I, re- I really like to see that get cleaned up. So um, maybe, you know, maybe we can all get on the same page at some point in time. I know we do everything we can to be serious about it, even though we're a small market team, Division three team, whatever, you know, you want to call it. Um, we work hard at being serious and, and doing things right. And I'm telling you, I hound on these girls that play for us to be at practice all the time, to change their schedules, you know, whatever they uh, uh, have to do to get there. And, you know, they, uh, they've been working hard at doing that. So, uh, you know, I, I, w- I would just like to see – you know, everybody get to that level, and uh, if they do, I think that we, you know, we could see this thing grow to get more serious about it. And when I say more serious about it, maybe it don't necessarily mean um, I don't know what the top end's ever going to be about girls ever getting paid or anything like that. But what about filling the stands? You know. 
getting to a, a big crowd there at these games. Now, from my standpoint, I heard there's several uh, teams that get humongous crowds there. And, hey, that's, I'm great. That's, I'm glad for you. And I, I'm that is great. I'd love to see every uh, team play in front of a sold-out crowd. I'd love it. I'd love for uh, the girls on our team to experience playing in front of a huge crowd. We've had a few decent crowds over the years, but nothing like a sellout crowd. And, uh, man, the atmosphere to sell out football game, there's nothing better. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I sort of compare women's football to high school football and because uh, they play in high school stadiums and a lot of the teams are smaller and they got so many different divisions and um, some of the players are themselves are bigger and faster and higher divisions with more players and uh, bigger teams and that that nature. So I compare it to high school. And I know this, even though I played on a terrible high school football team, and I mean we were terrible, they they filled the stands every Friday night. Everywhere we went to play, it was a sold-out crowd for the home teams or even where I played. And, man, it, it's great. I'm, I'm telling you, and I'd love for, for all these girls that are playing to experience that. But I think, you know, it's going to have to happen in in baby steps, and it's going to have to happen within all of us uh, to get the seriousness there, not just the fact that, you know, you want to wear that jersey and brag everybody that you play women's football, and then um, they look up there during halftime and study you being in the locker room with your team or some place may not have a locker room huddled up forever talking about it. You're up in the stands eating a hot dog or up there taking selfies and stuff like that. That that won't never fly on my team. I can assure you that. And I that stuff really, really agitates me. And I just think that that's just part of the the non-serious culture that we're dealing with and the things that are holding us back. And for these teams that, that tolerate this kind of stuff, you're you're cheating not only when you're when you're not doing things right and you're letting people slip by or you're letting everything slip by, you're cheating your players and women's football. And if you can't find it in yourself to do things right and to want to see the whole sport grow, want to see your team get better, see you get better as an owner or coach or whatever, then maybe you should step aside and let somebody else in there try that that maybe will. Um, because there's there's a lot of people, I think, that uh, if they had the opportunity, they might do uh, things a little different or maybe a little better than some of these people that are um, – in doing and uh, you know it just it really is a, a pet peeve of mine to see that kind of stuff and like I said I'm not trying to compare my team or anything to like a team like the Dallas Elite um, they're they're obviously a great team and a great organization um, you know they're to me they're arguably uh, the last two years have been the best team in women's football um, so you know there's I'm not comparing any of the small market teams to those. But 
that's a goal. That should be a goal for everybody to build to is to get your team uh, to that level. And I know that's always been a goal of mine is to have the best team, not just a small team, but have the best team. And it takes time. I mean, I don't know exactly how long they've been in existence. Maybe we can uh, figure that out. Um, uh, So, you know, we can – get some information from them maybe tonight and uh, find out how long they've been in existence and how long it's taken them to get to the level that they're at now, um, what it takes to stay there. Hey, it's tough not just getting there, but to stay there. You know, there, there's a lot of things that have to happen um, for you to to get on top of that mountain, to climb up there, and then to stay there. And like I said, arguably the best team in the last two years. Um, so you know, we we'll we'll see how see how things go when we talk to him. Um, but for me, I, I would love to see all the coaches, owners of all these women teams. Hey, it's nothing personal. And and I think and I know I call out some of these teams sometimes uh, because it's just the way they do things just aggravates me, and that's part of the things that are holding women's football back. And it might seem personal, but it's it's really not personal. It's just that I would like to see them do things better for the sport. You know, not just – you can't just worry about uh, one team. If, if there's no teams for anybody to play, it, it does you no good to get your team ready. So we're all in this together one way or another. We're all tied into it. And if we don't all bond together – um, then it's going to fade away at some point. Maybe not in, long, in the near future, but at some point it will. And I'd like to see it grow rather than do that. And uh, that's one reason we started this show, and uh, I talk about that all the time. So if you're out there listening, owner, coach, some of you probably uh, wouldn't call me or contact me for loving their money, and that's all fine and good. Do it for your players. Do it for women's football. Mean you don't have to get along to see the uh, have the same values in mind. So uh, if you're out there listening, we need to step up and do this for women's football. Um, I think we got Coach uh, Mike Ellington on the line right now from the Dallas Elite. Coach, you there? Yes, sir. I sure am. Hey, hey, bud. Thanks for uh, coming to the show tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, and joining us. Absolutely, absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. Good deal. Now, is this, I'm just now finding out in the last couple of weeks, are you now the one of the owners of the Dallas Elite? Yes. Uh, my wife and I, Lynn Marie, Liberty Ellington, uh, and I have both joined Maria Spencer uh, in ownership of the Dallas Elite. Um, here about, uh, well, to be exact, back on December 2nd um, of 2017, uh, Odessa Jenkins decided to resign from the team and walked away from the Dallas Elite name and uh, went off to start her own team and uh, left her partner and, and those remaining with the team uh, behind. And uh, over a period of time there, uh, we found out that Maria was um, in need of some partners to help with the team, 
getting things uh, organized going forward for the 2018 season. And uh, we joined in with her to uh, help do that. Um, we have uh, been in women's football for a long time. Uh, we, we actually jumped out of it for a while because of some business moves, but um, it's a pleasure to be back working with um, these women that love to play the game of football. Yes, sir. Now, you're also, if I'm correct, you're the def- You're going to be the defensive line coach? Yes, sir. And, and uh, you know, I'm working with Coach Vadness, or Coach V, as, uh, you know, people around the league have come to know him. Uh, he is our head coach, and, uh, you know, he has extensive knowledge. He's a high school football coach. He's been a women's coach for all American teams and, you know, all these other, uh, all these other accolades. Last year's, you know, Coach with the last year's national championship team, Dallas Elite, and, and um, you know has done a has done a great job. And I'm I'm actually uh, it's kind of interesting because I'm traveling from a little small town out in Arkansas um, to and from practice uh, at least twice a week right now to go help uh, keep everything going. And you know it's it's fun to get over there and practice with them. I'm actually missing my first practice that I've missed so far this year tonight uh, because uh, I had a you know family thing that I had to take care of back here in Arkansas. But uh, my, my ladies are out there right now, you know, working hard and getting ready for this next season. But uh, I plan on helping with the defensive line and, and offensive line. Uh, and, you know, we've got, we've got quite a crew of coaches that we're working on to help get the team ready. Well, well, that's good. Um, or, uh, where are you from in Arkansas? A little, a little small town out in the middle of nowhere called Russellville. It's uh, about halfway between Fort Smith and Little Rock, if you know the area at all. Oh uh, yeah, I know where Russellville is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually in Arkansas right now myself. <laughs> oh, you are. Where are you at? I'm in uh, West Memphis, actually. Uh, I'm headed out to uh, out near Midland. Um, do y'all do y'all practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays and the weekends? Yes, uh, well, we practice on Tuesdays and weekends right now. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense. Okay. Uh, yep. And as we get closer to the season, we'll increase the frequency just a little bit more on that. Right. But, uh, well, now. I know, I know y'all, y'all are the one of the. Well, I don't know about the biggest team, but you're in the. I, I assume you're still in Division One. Is that correct? We are still in Division One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're in the biggest division and the toughest league in women's football. Um, so how many how many players do do y'all have right now? We have thirty four players right now. Thirty-four, and you know we're uh, we are still expanding and contracting. You know how it goes in women's football. Um, you always have a uh, you know some flux in and out on the team all the way up to the season, on into the season in some cases. Uh, you know these uh, these ladies all have jobs and lives and everything else, and have to have to work to be able to play. Um, and uh, so that that changes them up sometimes. Sometimes you lose a couple that you really want to keep, and and uh, sometimes you gain a few that are jewels 
that you uh, never expected to find. So we just keep uh, keep our eyes out, keep people coming out to practice, doing doing the things to work hard and get ready for the season. Yes, sir. I, trust me, I know all about how how it is to have players and lose them and come and go and their jobs and and uh, first one thing and another. I, I'm telling you, it's a struggle for us. I mean, we live in a small area and a small market team, and um, I just I wondered, uh, you know, how many. How many players, uh, big teams actually go through in a year? Um, and uh, I just, you know, it's it's always in my mind how how these teams, how often do they practice? How many do they get at practice? You know, what's the practice like to remain? Like I said, as far as I'm concerned, our Dallas Elite has arguably arguably been the best team the last two years, um, not just last year. Uh, and I actually watched that game on a big screen that they played last year. Um, so, you know, with being around football my whole life and coaching and uh, coming from a coaching background, things like that, you know, and I see my girls growing naturally, but I wonder how do you get this big, you know, get these teams that big and how, how many you get at practice and how long do you practice in that nature to stay at that top level? Yes, yeah, sir. And I'll, and I'll tell you that uh, there's a there's a bit of a situation that's happened over this last um, you know few months that makes the Dallas Elite a unique situation. I say unique; it's happened all over women's football. But what keeps happening to these teams right now? And let me kind of back up just a second. You know, when when we had my wife and I owned Lone, the Lone Star Mustangs um, back in. 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011, we uh, won the national championship with the WFA back in 2010. And the year after we won the championship was probably probably one of the hardest years we had um, as a football team because not long after we, you know, won the championship, uh, people thought they could do it better with other teams and, and all those things, and they split off and started going their own direction. And uh, you know what we found when we came back to women's football is that that's happened to a lot of the teams. Um, unfortunately, in women's football, uh, the various leagues have made it in such a way that teams can split off and go um, make up another team, or you know, take the players from one team and go do another, you know, do a, you know, make another team. And they're kind of cannibalistic, in other words. They they keep, you know, chewing each other up. When they get a real good thing going, they decide to destroy it by splitting off and making their own group. And, you know, it's it's really, in a way, it's um, kind of disheartening for women's football because, you know, even in the big market, like you're talking about small market versus big market, um, you end up with teams like, this one, you know, the Dallas Elite this year, that we're having to fight for every player we get. Uh, we're having to stretch and make sure that we are hitting the social media and we're doing all the things we can do to, to get the name out to as many people as we can. Because basically what has happened is, you know, a partner that decided she uh, didn't want to be a part of this organization anymore has basically tried to um, pillage um, – the old team that she left and create a new team. 
So we're out here making, you know, we're going and finding players and places that um, hadn't been searched before. And, you know, we're putting together a group of athletes that a lot of them haven't played football before. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to fight and teach them how to play the game. And they're going to have to get out there and fight on the field and, and uh, learn as the season progresses. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough season for them. And, and, uh, you know, this is, this is part of what it takes to, to be a good football team in general, but they're going to have to persevere as a, as a team. We're going to have to persevere over, uh, the adversity that's been put in front of us by, uh, people who, you know, could have done a lot for women's football have actually hurt women's football by splitting these teams apart. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I'm not commenting on that situation because I don't know enough about it to comment. But I 100% agree with there needs to be less teams instead of more teams. That's been my whole thing forever is, like, well, like in the state of Tennessee, right now there is uh, within 300 miles of myself, there's four teams. It's just crazy. And, uh, you know, and there was six teams, teams bailed out this year. That just, to me, that just shouldn't be, you know. There should be, uh, like, there's one team that's only 100 miles from me. And then the other right. two teams are only about 50 miles apart. You know, they, because they can't get along, just like you said, they split apart uh, because this one wants to be uh, – this guy don't like these people. I'm going to start my own team, and just like you said. And it's actually hurting women's football. And that's what I say. We started this show just to promote women's football. And I say it every week. Now, I, I just told um, the producer a little bit ago, I'm one of those type of people you either love me or you hate me. There's sort of no in-between because I tell it like it is. And I want you to tell me like it is, you know. And, and the bottom line is you are exactly right. The split is hurting uh, women's football, but it don't need need to be that way. And you know, like I said, the Dallas, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard that all this had taken place. You know, and it just sort of bum puzzled me about the whole thing. I said, "You kidding?" My wife, she plays for us, and she um, uh, we own the USWFL, and. She's a big, avid football person in general. She powers all the big teams, you know, and uh, all the teams, period, not just the big ones. And she was telling me, and sure. I couldn't believe it. Um, so, now let me ask you this. Now, if you – is it because y'all won the Division One championship, you have to stay in Division One, or are y'all choosing to? Um, well, it's kind of a – that's a really good question. Uh, and I, you know, I think that it would be really easy um, to, you know, talk to the league and have them drop us down in Division Two or Division Three. Um, we are still in a big market. Uh, we still, uh, regardless of you know what's happened to the team, uh, I feel that our responsibility as the champions from 2017 to produce a team that will stay in the tier one level. And, you know, we, uh, we know that that means that, you know, we're going to have to fight tooth and nail against every team that we're going to, we're going to play against. That's not, um, you know, that's not going to be a surprise to us that, 
that we have to fight for every game. Um, but we were not willing to stand down from being a Division One team. Um, just as we were not willing to stand down to those individuals that split off to uh, try to claim our name and, and uh, make their own team. Um, we are still here. We're the Dallas, Texas elite women's football team in Dallas, Texas. We are going nowhere. We will be Division One, and we will do everything in our power to try to win another championship. Right. Well, I have I have no doubts that I mean y'all y'all will get the team built back up. I was just you know with you talking of of having that low of numbers. I mean that's right in the wheelhouse of a Division Two numbers. And then you talking about having all these I don't call them rookies. People call them rookies, but I call them inexperienced young players that have never played. And throwing them in there is going to be like you say in your own words. It's going to be tough. Um, that's all I was wondering is if, you know, if just because y'all had won the division, uh, won last year, right. if they were uh, hanging that over your head. Uh, but, hey, you know what? Hey, it, I got, you know, I got 18 players on my team's all I got. Um, you know, and and that, that's tough, man. And, I mean, it's tough. But I've got some really good players. But I'm in the same boat. I lose a lot of players each year, gain a lot of new faces and new players back, and they have to learn on the fly. And, and just because uh, just because they're green or don't know what's going on don't mean the competition ain't just as tough. Um, so I, I, I can really relate to, you know, what you're saying. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that's listening or saying, well, Listen, I don't feel sorry for the Dallas elite and all that, and, and I'm not going to say that, but I do know what you're going through um, as a team uh, trying to build those numbers back up. When you've had those great players that have left or split off for uh, whatever reason, so um, I'm, I'm with you. I understand, but uh, yep. the uh, – so – do y'all still have all the same coaches? Did did you lose any of the coaches, or or, or how's that going? Yeah, we lost we lost uh, many of the coaches as well. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times what happens is, uh, you know, uh, people like to win, and they think that you know they think that one organization or the other is going to uh, drop out of contention because they've lost a few players here or lost a few coaches there, so then they so it kind of cascades over. Um, what surprises people is when the team that they left behind continues without them. Um, and you know we're you know that's that's why we have the resolve that we have at this point. Um, I will tell you that a lot of people counted out uh, Maria Spencer and and uh, you know the situation that she was in. They counted her out when they thought that, you know, the Dallas elite was going to basically, um, you know, cease to exist because um, of Odessa moving over and creating her own her own team and, and you know, taking the logo and, and doing all those things. Um, but what they didn't expect was for her to stand up and fight for her, uh, for her team and to seek out people that would help her with that fight. 
Um, you know, so it's it's one of those things that we've watched a lot of other teams. I've talked to many owners in the past that have um, have had these situations happen to them, and a lot of times they have been stuck in situations where they couldn't do anything about it, um, and the teams and the teams folded. I mean, you you can look at last team, you know, last year's team roster versus this year's team roster, and you're going to see some teams that folded that you would never have believed folded. And, um, and I think that all has to do with some of these types of things that are going on. It's, it's very unfortunate. But on the other side of that, those who stay with us will be champions. Regardless of whether or not we put that ring on at the end of the season, these girls that we have playing for us right now are here because they want to be here, and they're going to play as hard as they could possibly play. And, and we're all going to have fun doing it. I guarantee you I'm having a blast coaching these, these ladies. Um, it is it is absolutely a pleasure to to be able to work with them. Uh, all the different personalities, all the different individuals, um, you know, coming together to make to make one team work is just uh, outstanding. Uh, but I you know, I look forward to looking back. You know, look forward to at the end of the year being able to stand there and say that we overcame all this adversity to to uh, make this a successful season. Yeah, I always, you know, the my my motto is, hey, when people say you can't do something out, it's burned down that much harder. You know, that's the that's one of the things that's always in my life kept me uh, grinding harder and reaching deeper. Is when somebody says, oh, you can't do that or you can't do this, and and it's amazing what you can do when your back's against the wall and you you reach out for the uh, and get the right kind of help and people around you. Um, what you can do now. Y'all, you said y'all have 34 players. Uh, how many? How many do you get to practice on a regular basis? I think tonight, uh, you know, for example, I think there was uh, 25, I believe, at practice tonight. Um, if I'm reading, the, we uh, we deal with um, some social media things. We have a special page that we go to where we do a. Um, we can keep track of who's going to the events and all that kind of stuff. And it uh, looks like that's what we had there tonight. I wasn't there tonight, unfortunately, but um, but we look like we have another good pitch. I'd say if you're getting, you know, if you're getting seventy to eighty percent of your team there on a on a nightly basis, you're doing pretty good in in today's you know busy busy uh, world here. Um, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex is an awful big place. Our schedule a lot of times, you know, they're working at various places. Sometimes we have to count on them getting there on the weekend practices. Um, weeknights become a, a difficult situation, which can be a hard thing during the season, as you probably know. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, we've got a good, uh, a really good turnout. So, of course, you'd always like to have 50 players. You know, on every team, I'm sure, would like to have 50 players out there running through practice. You have a lot more to choose from there. But, uh but 34 will get it done. As you said, you have 18. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's all I've got. Yep. And uh, I think last year the Little Rock Wildcats, uh, or I should say the Arkansas Wildcats, uh, I think they won their championship for the Division Three with, what, 13 or 14 players? So They had, they had 13, and I heard them say, I watched those games too, 
and I heard them say that one time during the year they only had 15. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Yep. Just a, just an interesting little factoid, though, that uh, my wife is actually the only person that ever owned three foot, three women's football teams at the same time. Um, she had the uh, Lone Star Mustangs, the, what we called at the time the Little Rock Wildcats, and we had, at the time, we had the Tulsa Eagles, which are now the Tulsa Threats. So um, that was an interesting time period there. Where we were we were twirling the, you know, spinning the plates, going from one team to the next, keeping everything rolling. And she still got any higher left? I'm sorry, say it again. I said after having three women's football teams at one time, she still has any higher left. She still has all of her hair and not a single gray one in it. <laughs> <laughs> Me on the other hand, in my, as you can see in my picture, it's all great. <laughs> hey, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I tell, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm never happy if we don't get everybody at practice. But you know, each year we've had a team. That's been my ultimate goal is to gain the the better percentage each year. And you know, last year and so far this year, we we do. And I know we don't have very many. But we do average seventy five or eighty uh, percent at practice uh, during well the weekend practices I should say. No. We still, still get half of them on a yes sir. We get half of them there on a weekly basis. And during the week right now, with the time changing, um, we'll start gaining more uh, because we were having to practice so early because. We didn't have lights, but, um, yeah, getting 75 or 80% there, um, I think we'll get the job done, especially if you've, if you've got several um, several players. Yeah, absolutely. So how many – so when we all um, – I mean, I guess you'll recruit from here on to you get your numbers backed up, but – um, once the season starts, I mean, are y'all going to keep recruiting as hard as as uh, you have been during the off season, or since this uh, buyout has taken over, or uh, whatever the correct term is for that? By league by league rules, we have to have every uh, everybody that we're going to have on the roster uh, that's going to play in the playoffs has to be on the roster by the end of the fourth game. Um, so we basically have till May 19th of this year to uh, get start, you know, finish getting people on the roster. As it is right now, it, it makes it hard to add people to that roster um, this late uh, and you know on through the season. Um, if you bring them onto the roster, you may end up having them help you out of practice a lot more than they're going to play in games. But it doesn't hurt if somebody has an injury or something like that. You have somebody to fill their shoes if something happens later on down the road. So. Yes, sir. That's exactly exactly right. Um, well, I'm I'm excited. What was that, sir? I'm sorry. I said. Speaking of which, I think I, I just got a message from my players. There, it looks like they're online there on the phone. So. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, they just sent me the link, said they were all on there, and I'm uh, uh, looking forward to talking to them as well. Um, yes, maybe I can uh, get out there. I come to Texas a lot. Maybe I can get by there and see how these uh, teams uh, really practice and come by there and uh, meet you guys, and hopefully we can uh, have you all on again and, like I say, keep promoting women's football in general. Yes, sir. And I, and I wanted to say one thing about, you know, the ladies you have coming on here tonight from our team um, and, you know, and, and some of the other people that we have on the team this year. Uh, the ones that you have coming on tonight are veterans of the team um, that, you know, played last year. And they're coming in here having done an awful lot uh, to help this team stick together once. You know, the other uh, team tried to split off and everything. Uh, some of these individuals that you're talking to tonight really helped keep the team together. And uh, we really appreciate them doing that. We appreciate all of them coming back uh, and working hard to, to make this team what it's going to be this season. Um, there's a few more that, that we'll get on your show hopefully later on uh, that aren't going to be on there tonight, but uh, that, that have done some of the same things. Um, but I just want to say I'm very proud of the fact that these ladies have stuck it out. The ones that stayed with the Dallas Elite, um, I think they have integrity and honor above and beyond what most people would expect um, in these situations. So I just wanted to express that um, here in public. Yeah, it takes a it- you know what? It takes a lot more to be a leader than it does a follower, and that's for sure. It, uh, anybody can jump off one bandwagon onto the next one. And it takes a, a true leader to to stay there and continue to uh, do the battle that they started. And and I mean, I I don't I know a lot of players leave and go to other players for different reasons, but I know the situation you're in, and and that's kind of the thing I'm talking about. You know, they could have. Just followed like everybody else. They want to stay here and be leaders and finish something that they started uh, together as a team. And yeah, I got respect for people like that and appreciate it. So um, I look forward to talking to these. They had to make a personal decision to stick with a team, you know, through its worst, you know, through its worst possible time. And uh, and I just think that took a lot of guts and and. Um, you know, I'm, I just I just think that's just a an amazing thing, and I I hope that it that they feel it pays off for them as much as it's paying off for the rest of the team. I think it's uh, it's an amazing thing. Yes, sir. Well, I, Coach, I sure appreciate you coming on, and uh, uh, good luck with your team and the ownership and the coaching, and uh, maybe I'll get to come to Atlanta. And, uh, I'm not too far from there, and watch y'all play in another championship. I'd surely enjoy it. Yes, sir. We would, too. <laughs> All right, Coach. Thank you for being on. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. All right. Let's see. Have we got uh, Jamie Fornell, Dez, Dez Allen, and Lawrence Helsley? Correct. We are here, sir. Uh, glad y'all can be on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, um, congratulations, first and foremost, on the, I know last year is done and gone, but the championship, um, it, uh, it's 
hard to win one of those things at any level, much less Division One and the WFA. So, first and foremost, congratulations to all three of y'all on that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, sir. Uh, so, now, how many? We'll start with Jamie here. If I'm correct, you're the you're a wide receiver. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, how many years have you been playing? This will be my eighth year. Okay. Now, has all them been for the Dallas Elite? No. My first three years were with the Central Cal War Angels, uh, and then I moved up to Seattle, played a year with the Majestics. Then I moved back closer to home, played two years with Chicago, and then uh, decided that, you know, I would uh, come out and try to help Dallas win a championship, which um, we did successfully. So this will be my second year with the Dallas Elite. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Um, so you've been playing eight years. Well, you've been you've been around women's football for quite a quite a bit of time now. In those eight years, how how much have, has the game changed since you've been a part of it? You know, it's it's changed a lot in certain aspects and stayed the same in others. Um, it stayed the same in that, um, you know, we're kind of here and, and every year there's, you know, some sort of this turnover or, you know, there's teams struggling to, to rebuild or reload and, you know, whatnot. Um, it's changed in a sense that the, the schemes have uh, progressed and become more complicated, I think, as the confidence in women's knowledge of football has grown. And that's been the biggest thing that I've seen is that, um, people are more and more confident that women are capable of understanding and playing at the same level as the men. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I tell our girls all the time that uh, inexperienced and all, I see all kinds of players out there that have just raw talent, but the inexperienced and knowledge of the game is, is what's slowing a lot of them down. And, um, you know, playing eight years, you you've gotten a lot of experience, and you've played with some obviously some good players because the teams you've played on, um, and that really helps too in playing at that highest level. Um, so, what has been um, the biggest challenge for you in football? Not just what's going on around now with the teams, but just in football in general. I think with football in general is. Um... I don't want to say the, the the novice of the sport because it's been around for so long, but I feel like we're still in the early stages of a startup, if you will. So it's still a struggle to get practice facilities and a full coaching staff and things and amenities and resources that other professional teams have that that might not be accessible to us. And so that's always the biggest struggle is you, you try to conduct yourself in a professional manner and have that mindset. Um, but you may not always have the same resources as other professionals. So that's really the biggest struggle in, in my eyes. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, too, one of those struggles, I think, is for every team that that's like the team you're playing on now that's all about business and serious and, and doing things right, there's 10 teams that are not. And those 10 teams are going to get uh, – more recognition for not doing the right thing than you are for doing the right thing. And that's, you know, and that's what I was talking about before even the coach come on, was the seriousness about it from everybody 
in women's football in general is what's knocking all this down. I'm telling you, that's what's killing the sport is the lack of uh, seriousness and professionalism in it. And um, I'd like to, to see us all change that. You know, it can't just be one or two teams. It has to be all across the country to to get that done. I agree. If you look at uh, the Patriots are the prime example, and I'm from Indiana, so I'm a Colts fan, so I hate admitting this because I hate the Patriots, but um, there's a reason they are top of the league every year. It's because um, there's a process, and it doesn't matter who's on the team, who's in the coaching staff, the process is the same, and you don't have people um, coming in with their own agendas. You don't have people leaving because, you know, uh, the team's agenda doesn't fit their own, and I think that that's truly been the reason for their success for so long is that, you know, they do what's best for the team. And, and that's evidenced by the fact that they have injuries year in and year out with Gronk or, you know, um, Amandola or all these other people, but, you know, next man up and the process is still the same and they're still Super Bowl contenders every year because at the end of the day, it's about the process and the team and everybody is moving in the same direction. And I think that gets lost in women's football is, is there's a lot of um, selfishness in a sense where, um, you know, and it could be because we don't have the resources. So people think, Hey, well, I'm going to look out for me and get mine rather than, Hey, what's best for the team? What's best for the organization? What's best for women's football and the brand in totality rather than, Hey, you know, this is what I think is best. And if it doesn't fit within the scheme of what's going on currently, whether that be the team or the league or whatever, I think there are a lot of people that tend to want to branch out whereas you don't see that in other professional sports like the NFL or the W or the NBA or any of those, those leagues. Yeah, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. And you know, the Patriots, they take people that uh, players and other teams don't want and win with them. That's how good their process is up there. Now, you won a championship with Dallas this past year. How many championships have you won other than that? So that's been my first championship, and that was kind of the ever-elusive ring that I was chasing. Uh, I really thought I was going to get it in Chicago, and, uh, you know, that we, we unfortunately failed uh, the two years prior to last year, uh, and then um, we thought the team was going to be folding, and so, you know, we kind of moved on to, you know, the next phase, and then, come you know, lo and behold, they actually did, were able to put a team together, and so it would have been nice to get a ring in Chicago because that's kind of my hometown so to say but um you know it was nice and coming in and kind of getting or feeling like you know you got a team that has fallen short the previous two years kind of over the hump so I mean it was a good feeling to come in and you know feel like you know you contributed in a sense and it'll be nice to be able to to uh defend that title especially with the group that we have um because as you stated our focus this year is on the process um and player development and community involvement and all the things that have kind of fallen by the wayside, uh, you know, over the years in women's football. And so um, we're kind of getting back to the fundamentals, and, and I think that it's going to be really exciting this year to, to repeat, um, you know, with, with a, a, you know, a core group and, and truly show that the process is what's most important and that if you stick to the process, then the product will take care of itself. Yeah, ma'am, I couldn't agree more. Um, 
Now, I said earlier, and I don't know if y'all heard me or not, I, I think arguably y'all have had the best team for the last two years. You know, I'm not exactly sure about what happened in the Divas game or whatnot, but I thought y'all were going to win that game as well. Um, so, to me, you've you've obviously been on a great team here, had great coaches along the way, and and uh, uh, from my understanding with Coach Ellington there, you still have some great coaches. So I have no doubt that uh, y'all will get back or even remain where you were. I don't want to put the cart before the horse or or give you any negativism that way either. But uh, it's tough, and you know, speaking of being champions. And the journey, trying to go back to back to win this, win another championship with a bunch of different girls. Um, are do you think they're all ready for the challenge? I think so. Yeah, because it goes back to you know what I stated about the process. Um, there's there's been a, a a conscious shift in the emphasis and the um, you know vibe this year, and um, we have a really great eager group of girls that are just thirsty to learn the game. Uh, we had a lot of just pure athletes come out, which are always easy to coach up. Um, and because we don't have, you know, any set group of superstars, so to say, it really makes us a team. And it, 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 everybody has to do their part this year. And I think that, that it's, it's kind of the whole, you know, the, the sum of the parts is greater than the whole, or the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that truly describes our team this year. This year it's a team. I think in years past, like you stated, we, we had a lot of just really talented players. And so I think some of the fundamentals and the team concepts uh, got lost in that, um, you know, because we had such amazing athletes. And this year we've really had to focus on, you know, being fundamentally sound, um, you know, both in individual drills and in schemes and just as a team together. And so I actually do think we have a good chance of coming back and repeating because um, the way we're doing things this year is very similar to how the Patriots do. You know, it's next man up. It's, hey, we're going to coach everybody. Everybody is going to be able to step in and contribute. Well, you know, there can be too many all-stars on the team. I'm just going to tell you, some of the greatest mm-hmm. – teams, the Chicago Bulls, they got role players, you know, and that's the thing. You got to have these role players that know their role, do it well, and then let the super superstars take charge. When you have too many superstars on there, there ain't enough balls to go around. There ain't enough tackles to be made. And sometimes it can be a curse as well as a blessing. So, and when you, you keep referring back to the Patriots, which everybody in my organization hates them, I love Bill Belichick, is they've only got a couple superstars on their team. And the rest mm-hmm. of them are pretty much just role players. And that's a fact, man. It's every year. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So, I agree with you. Uh, I did want to ask you one more question. Me and you played for some of those teams and bigger teams and it's a it's a misconception that you have to have and I say this every year, you have to have seventy players to win and you don't. But actually how many I want you to say this for these girls out there that are listening, how many players on a fifty or sixty roster team actually play in one of y'all's games? Probably twenty five 25, 30 maybe. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it kind of depends on, and it it depends on you know your coaching philosophy too. I've played on teams. Um, there was one year in Central Cal where the Bay Area Bandits folded, and they came down, and you know we had people only playing one way, so we had a full thirty thirty five players that played. You have other teams that you know decide, hey, we're going to play our athletes, um, no matter you know offense, defense, special teams. Um, but realistically, you'll have approximately twenty five to thirty girls that will kind of be your primary starters. Um, I, I'm leaning more towards the 25 number, realistically, just based on my experience. You'll have about the same 25 to 28 girls that really are kind of, maybe not even 28, probably 20, closer to 25 girls that are your, your, your starters on offense, defense, special teams. Yeah, that's exactly what I say all the time. The biggest, you know, the biggest uh, misconception is, is you know, everybody says, well, you can only put 11 out there, and they're right, but you give me 50 to choose my 11 from versus 15 to choose my 11 from, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Um, but uh, what I, I was just sort of wondering, I wanted some of these people, these girls that are listening out there that play on small teams and, they think, oh, man, if you play on those big teams, everybody plays and all that. I said, no, it don't happen that way. Um, so, And I know for a fact that when I play football, the coaches put the best 11 on the field, whoever, whenever, whatever they were. You know, and that's my philosophy now is I'm going to play my best 11 when the game's on the line. So I, I figured it was sort of about the same thing. So – uh, well, Jamie, I appreciate you answering these questions. I'm going to uh, get Dez, Dez Allen on here and talk to her. she there? Yes, sir, I am. How are you? I'm fine. Now, you play defensive back and kick extra points and build goals, is that correct? Well, my my first year with Elite, I was uh, a starting cornerback. Then the second year, I was – and I kicked – I was a kickoff kicker. Um, the second year – I was going to transition to offense, and I didn't. I stuck with um, stuck with being a DB, didn't really kick much because I got hurt earlier in the year. And then this past year I was receiver, and I was a PAT kicker. Okay. Well, then you know about the double dip and, and all that for uh, what it takes to play. Uh, now, how many, how many years have you been playing women's football? I played five. This is, my, this is going to be my sixth season. Now, have they all been for Dallas? They've all been in Dallas. My rookie year was the last year of the Dallas Diamonds, and then the Diamonds disbanded, and some people went to a Houston team, some people retired, some took a year off, and several of us went to the Arlington Impact. So I went to the Impact, and then the next year when the Elite was created, we all came back together, and then some of those players uh, from the Impact came with us to start the Elite. So I was okay, there so that – Right. So I, I was wondering earlier how many how many years has the Dallas Elite been in existence? Three. This is the fourth year. Fourth year. Wow. Well they did some amazing things in four years, I can I can assure you that. Um, so tell me, I'm all you know, sort of what how's your perspective on, you know, of, of having the smaller numbers, but sort of the, I don't know what the correct term, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but 
having more hard-working, uh, down-to-earth people on the team versus superstars or people thinking they are and, and how that goes. Well, I, I played with pretty much the same people four of the five years. So the people that I played with with the Diamonds were the same people that came over to the Elite. And as a rookie, it was kind of frustrating because, I mean, I was in better shape, you know, I was a little younger, but I was an athlete. So I'm used to not necessarily being a superstar, but I, I know I know what it looks like when you're giving people the opportunity and when you're teaching and when you're when you just have people there in the background. And there were only three rookies, and one person started, and the other two of us, they really didn't pay attention. So it kind of felt like, you know, it was a waste of time, and you knew who the starters were, you knew who the superstars were. So when we came on to Elite, I was actually surprised that I got the opportunity to start. Um, and, you know, I held my own, I earned the spot, but it was still the same superstars. It was still, if you lived out of town or you didn't practice, if you were that superstar, you still got to start. You still got all the perks whereas people that were there all the time and put in that, that work and made adjustments to their life to be there didn't get the opportunity. So that's, it's very frustrating, um, you know, when you put in your financial and your emotions and, you know, just your time. Time is very valuable to me. So it's nice now to where you have everyone that's – I don't want to necessarily say on equal ground, but our mindset is equal because you've got some people that could be considered superstars – but everybody has the mindset of we're all equal, whether it's your first year or it's your 12th year, and we treat everybody with respect. We're about learning and building from the foundation, from the bottom up, whether you've been here or, you know, like I said, or it's your rookie year. So it's a very positive vibe. I love that we have a lot of young players, so it's truly building, like, that next generation of elite versus, you know, I'm 42 so to have to constantly have people coming in or coming out of retirement that are my age, it's not really setting up for the future. So right now, all these young ladies know that they actually have legitimate opportunities to step up, whether it be this year or next year, and you know, and take charge. Right. Well, I always say the greatest thing about a superstar is they don't never know they're a superstar or act like one. Exactly. You know that, that that's a. One of the things for me is when you get one and they don't even realize that they put in. When your superstars outwork everybody else is when you know they they don't care about being that superstar. But when you have them, like you say, that, you know, show up when they want and parade around like they're better than everybody else and stuff, then, yeah, I, I don't like that kind of stuff either. And, you know, it seems to me um, all the way even the bigger teams deal with the same thing as smaller teams deal with they just have more players to to do it with but um right. that yeah I, I like i like the fact that the coaches tell me you know hey we're we're all about working hard and and i just seen i don't know i i have a I haven't even watched any of the teams or any of the players play, but it just seems like the mindset is we're going to work harder on your team now. We're going to work harder than we've ever worked before, and everybody that you have is bought into that situation. Oh, they have. And it's it's funny how when when you see people that when they walk away, all of a sudden now they can make practice. Now they want to work. And it's like we needed you to do this before, you know, when – you were riding the back of some other people and, you know, getting to be the one in the limelight. I love the fact that I can watch some of these young girls and look at them and honestly say, dang, she might take my spot. 
Whereas in the past, it was like I was killing myself to, you know, earn opportunities, and it was already guaranteed somebody had the spot no matter what they did. So I, I can respect somebody that is working and earning it, and, and they're they're just the next thing. Like, I'm rooting for these young ladies. Right. So what you're telling me is, now, this is this is the way I like to do things, too, is, is you're telling me that no matter who you are, you you come and join the Dallas Elite team, you're going to have an honest-to-God shot at, at seeing the playing field no matter who you are. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you earn your spot. You 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 know, you earn your keep. And right now, everybody's putting in the work. This It's a really good group and a good, talented group. Like what Jamie was saying, there's a lot of raw talent. It's not like it's a bunch of young ladies that just want to learn a sport. These are athletes. Like, they came out so we don't have to just treat teach being an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's hard to build up that foundation. Now it's like you're just transitioning from one sport to another, which, you know, most good athletes um, or the great athletes, I think, play multiple sports. Yeah, you're exactly right. They, you know, these uh, college coaches, you hear them saying all the time, uh, you give me the player that uh, that's played all three sports in high school, he's the one I want. So you're you're exactly right. So is and so is Jamie. Um, you know, by talking to Coach Ellington, you know, just the mindset is is so much better. Um, you know, and I I I get that. Y'all are the Dallas elite and, and whatever, but I just don't feel like that last year could have had, had this conversation because I don't feel like that, that with the with the direction the team was going in that they would feel like they could come on a show like this and, and uh, maybe get down to the, this level or the nitty-gritty of talking of what really makes women's football turn. Yeah, um, I used to co-host um, an online show for was the NPFL, is a min, uh, minor professional football league here in the DFW area, and I was constantly trying to promote women's football and get the teams on the show, and I and I struggled like for three years. It was a struggle, and I'm like, this is to promote us, but nobody really, everybody blew it off. But me doing that actually got us a lot of exposure, and a lot of guys that didn't know about women's football. Like, they bought in. I mean, regardless of whatever personality complex or egos, I mean, we were a talented team. And when men's semi-pro teams would watch us, they would be, I guess, kind of shocked. Like, when you see the O-line is continuing blocking up, when you see how uh, hard running backs or receivers are running, when you see how hard the DBs are hitting, like, this, if you like football, you like football. You'll want to see it. So now it's just – it's a lot more just raw heart, you know, not just raw football. It's raw heart that's involved, which makes me more passionate about it. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Now, how, I know last year, and like I said, uh, you all had a great year, and I know that this is a new season. It's 2018, and we as coaches always, you know, once that's over, you sort of forget it. But knowing – um, how things went last year. How special is this season going to be for you girls that remain there and that are putting in the hard work and and really driving to know what it's going to take to get to to back to the top level. 
I think last year a lot of the individuals that stayed with the team were the people that they made good on their responsibilities, whether it was financial or coming to practice or just doing what you were supposed to do. So now in order to keep the organization alive and keep it going, we were the ones doing that. We were doing the behind-the-scenes work. We're out there trying to get people to come and play, getting people to coach, finding um, sponsors, like all the things that you do uh, behind the scenes that players usually don't have to worry about. We were out there. We were the, the troopers, you know what I'm saying? So we're fully invested, like from the bottom to the top. We're doing a lot of rebuilding of things that normally you wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't have had tryouts so late and continued it. We wouldn't have had to look for a lot of things that should have occurred months ago because they were planned out. So we're completely vested. Like so that, that just take, that changes everything, knowing that your voice is actually heard. And a lot of times when we spoke out about things, we were basically um, shunned. I mean, you could talk to a coach and turn around and you get a nasty post on the team page. If you don't like it, you don't have to come to the championship. Like that was a, that was a response to um, saying, hey, we feel like people aren't getting the rest and they can't be 100%. You know, we just want to make sure our team is, is you know, we're, we're putting in for our team, and, and we got put down and, and disrespected. So it does, those type of things don't happen now. It's just a whole yeah. other level. So. Yeah, I like, the, I like the fact that y'all are um, doing that. I mean, that really does put a different perspective on it, and, and it does, um, you know, that, and that's, that's what I try to, tell our girls is, hey, we as a team are going to build this thing, not just me, not just one or two players as a team. Football is the ultimate team sport, and every single person has to be bought in and be on the same page. If not, it makes it tough. Now, obviously, y'all went on to win it. You had, you know, enough in the tank or whatever to do it. But it don't always happen that way. You have to usually, like Jamie was saying, it's a process. And usually you go through that process. And if you don't, it, it don't always have a great turnout. Right. And the bar is set high. So regardless, our goal is to repeat, period. You know, what happens is going to happen, but that's what we're going to prepare for. So. Well, right. Yeah, that's exactly how you Every year, um, you know, I feel like if you don't win it, then, you know, it, it, the year is not a failure, but, you know, that ought to be the ultimate goal is to win each game as they come in line. But you want to hoist up that trophy at the end of the year and see all that hard work has paid off. And uh, sure, that ought to be everybody's goal. Um, well, Dan, I appreciate you being on here and talking with us, and I'm glad you girls come on. I want to wish you all the uh, best luck and uh, um, maybe repeating going back-to-back. Back. Like I was telling Coach, I hope you all do the championship in Atlanta. Uh, that's only about five hours from my house, and uh, I'm going to come and watch it. So uh, good luck to you. And, uh, Jamie, I'm going to talk to Lauren here, and I appreciate you all being on. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Lauren, you there? I'm here, sir. How are you? Oh, uh, well, I'm good. Sorry it's taking so long. Finally get to the get to the old line where all the hard work's done in the trenches for these all stars <laughs> to take all the glory. 
Yep. Like they don't call us skilled physicians, but you know, I like to think that we're the most skilled on the field. But that's just my biased opinion. Oh, I agree. You know, people don't understand that uh, in football, in the NFL, I tell them besides the quarterback, the O-line the smartest people on the team. Yeah. I can't argue with you. So, that's, that's a solid point. Yeah. That yeah, so, yeah, you know, they uh, – and that's the thing. I mean, I, I really appreciate you coming on here, especially as a as – a, offensive linemen, and, and I tell my girls all the time, hey, you're going to do all the work and get none of the recognition. But you got mm-hmm. to see through this recognition when we score, when you, uh, you know, when it's fourth down and you need that yard and you pick it up to win the game or run out the clock. As an old lineman, mm-hmm. I played on the line myself, so I know all this from experience. And that's well, when you, know you get your goal. In just a different way We don't get the touchdowns But we, you know, there's nothing like Moving someone out of the way So that the ball can get 40, 50, 60 yards down the field That's that's where I get my recognition Just seeing the little one yeah. Run with the ball <laughs> the Yeah, that's correct Now, how, how long have you been playing? So this will be my fourth season um, I played two years in D.C. and then last year here in Dallas. So you did play, you played on the Divas too, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you played two years up there. Now, what's the what's the biggest difference from playing for the Divas versus playing for the Dallas Elite? Um. I would say that the biggest difference for me, the schemes are a little different. Um, Personnel is different, obviously. And maybe weather was my biggest thing that I needed to get used to. Yeah, it's actually been real cold back here on the East Coast, so we don't live but about five hours from D.C., so we know about the weather. Now, when – You've obviously played on the Dallas Elite last year. When they, how many players did y'all have last year? Sixty. Um, probably fifty-five, sixty players on the squad last year. Okay, so in then uh, DC, they have about that same amount. Yeah, it was about that same amount when I played there. So when they have these big teams, I'm always going to clarify this because we don't have a big team and have never had a big team. But do they have just a practice squad? Um, now we had. I mean, you know, every team had strings. There wasn't a strict. I wouldn't say a, a strict practice squad. Um, but you definitely had. There was a. a Definitely a big difference between your your starters and your second string. Second string usually did more of the 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 drills and things like that. And if you you know if your day came and you got called into the game, then you better make it count. But um, there wasn't really like a strict practice squad and playing squad. Well, I didn't know about. Uh, I know in high school those you know they designate a lot of that. You'll see them standing with 60 or 70, and they designate a lot of their younger guys just for practice squads and stuff. So what mm-hmm. position uh, do you play on the line? 
Um, well, I have I started out playing tackle. Um, these this past year, I played well. I played tackle, center, and guard. This year, mostly center and some guard. So I've been all over the line, really. Right. So would you rather would you rather run block or pass block? Oh, that's a hard one. Because pass blocking, I guess, is uh, not as mentally intensive. Um, but pass, I mean, run blocking is more fun because I like, obviously, I'm a lineman. I like to hit things. So it's a, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. It's that right. hard. So are y'all going to? Are y'all going to throw the ball off this year without letting anything out of the bag or run it or try to keep it pretty balanced or, or uh, you know, what's what's in y'all's plans? Um, the good thing about our coaches is that we do have a pretty balanced playbook. If we need to run it, we can run it. If we need to throw, we can throw, and we've got good athletes and good players in both of those schemes. Um, and that really allows us to be flexible and be able to switch it up depending on what the defense shows us. Right. So how many – so I'm assuming you might be playing center, guard, or tackle, maybe depending on where the other team's best lineman's playing? Um, I usually play mostly center, um, but it could depend on what the front – you know, what the front's looking like and um, early on how they respond to our different packages. So, Right. Now, most, I presume most of the teams that y'all are going to face probably run a four front. Usually, yeah, it's usually a four, three. A lot of uh, teams in the league, that's they run. Right. Yeah, when I first started watching women's football, they used to run five and six fronts, you know, and uh, when mm-hmm. I first uh, came to it, and, and of course, like I was asking Jamie, you know, a few things changes. There's way more athletes in it now than than there was mm-hmm. back then, and the more athletes you're getting, the more you want them on the field, and you're starting to take some of those um, linemen out, to, you know, to put some speed in there to match up with that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what's some of your goal? I know the ultimate goal is to to win this back-to-back championship. And, uh, uh, you know, I know how special it was uh, for you to win it this year and after playing for the Divas and stuff. But what, what's uh, some of your goals for this year? Um, besides, you know, of course, going all the way, um, I just – I try to learn as much as I can. I always learn something new every every practice every every game with every team, even if we played them before. So I really am a student of the game, um, and I really would like to just learn as much as I can about not only the sport in general, but also being the best lineman, the most dependable lineman that I can be. Yeah, I tell I – tell, I mean, it's the – for me, it's no secret that um, it's harder to find linemen uh, to get to play this sport of women's football than it is any other position because it's hard to find girls that are willing to put in the work to get shaped, uh, to be great, and then not only that, to have to 
be smart, like I was saying, to have the knowledge to learn all these plays, to be able to uh, figure out who you're going to block in certain defenses and that kind of thing. So how many how many linemen uh, do y'all have right now? Probably around eight. Eight or nine. Oh, yeah, we got maybe like 10 or 12 now. We found some good. We call them. We we call them uh, BOGs. Big old girl. We call them down here. We got about ten, twelve BOGs on the squad right now. Yeah, you know, I know. Listen, people, when we were recruiting, we set up a recruiting uh, side every year at our local fire, and uh, we was some recruiting some girls, and everybody made fun of me because when they'd write their name down, I put out parentheses beside it, BG for big girl. Everybody oh, made, yeah. fun, made fun of me for doing that, but I sure did. Yeah, they're important. They're important. That ball ain't going nowhere without us. Well, they're, I'm, you know, I tell them it's, it's funny you're the most important person to get the least the recognition of anybody on the team. Yep. It's, well, I mean, so, you know, uh, it's, it's one and lost in the trenches. Oh yeah, that I mean if you if you can't control that line of scrimmage you're in deep trouble. I don't care how good your running backs and quarterbacks and stuff is. Now, have y'all had any scrimmages this year? Uh nope, not yet. Okay. Well I know uh last week we talked about on this show about scrimmages and stuff and I'm I'm a huge fan of it and I know it's hard to it's hard every year. I struggle to find a couple of scrimmage games, and but I think it's important. But, but it's more important for somebody, you know, a team like ours that has a lot of inexperienced players versus even though y'all got a bunch of uh, younger and some inexperienced players, you still got a lot of veterans like you girls on there that, uh, you know, scrimmage is not quite as important to others. Well, I think scrimmages are important. I mean, it's, yeah, we did get it. We got a little bit of a late start, but it's always good to have a, a look before the game starts outside of your own teammates. Because after a while, like, we we know the, we know the plays we're going to go against each other. You know, we've been doing it for forever. So it's good to get a a fresh look from um, another team and get to work out the kinks and figure out what, what works in like a game time scenario. Yes. Thank you. That's what I say all the time. And a lot of teams are scared to death to do it. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. And I like to stream it's teams that I'm not going to play during the year. And I don't do any research or anything on them. We just go in there and we adjust to what they're doing and, and run what we want to run and, you know, and then adjust from there. So those, those scrimmages are really, really important. And I, I talked about that last week and, and, uh, a lot of people don't. Uh, I've got some girls on my team that one of them, uh, they came from another team that folded. Or two of them did. Mm-hmm. And they she has this her sixth year playing. And the other one has four years, and they've never been in a scrimmage game until they joined my team this year. Wow. Yeah, that's out. what I said was – well, that's what they said. They didn't even realize of how important and how valuable it was. But their their team owner, coach, whatever, he just 
never would do it, you know. And, and I said, man, this is real, real important. And they can't believe how much uh, it has helped them and how much better they have got just from that. And I said, hey, that's why we do it. You know, you get, you can go, like you said, you can go against each other in practice, but no matter what, as soon as those receivers start running around, the defensive backs know what they're doing. You know, yeah. same thing with your offensive linemen, and it makes it a lot tougher. So, uh, but, yeah, well, I hope that uh, I'm calling for you girls to go back-to-back and uh, uh, win this thing again, and especially after – all you've been through, every one of you that's hung in there and stuck with the team and the owners and coaching staff, there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, my hat's off to you for that. I love that kind of stuff and because it, it's so easy to be a follower. Um, it takes it takes a lot more to be a leader than it does a follower. Um, so y'all's home opener. Is that against the Austin Outlaws, April the 7th? Yes. That's not home. That's away. No, that's away. The first home game is the 28th. April 28th is your first home game. So the Outlaws is away. Okay, that's just your first game. So the 28th. Now, who do do y'all play on the 28th? Uh, <laughs> I believe it's, I believe it's Arlington. It's either Houston or Arlington, but I think it might be Arlington. Oh, we're just so focused on Austin right now. We try to take one game at a time. Right, I understand that. I just for people listening, I thought too much. Our first um, home game is our our local game against Arlington. It's against Arlington. Yes, April 28th. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I didn't know if y'all might want to plug that. Do y'all have uh, any special pages you want to put out there while we're talking, any Facebooks or um, anything yeah, like that? Yeah, all of our social media is um, current. That was one of our focuses this year with social media. So we have um, Instagram and Facebook and our website, they all have the same name. It's Dallas Elite Women's Football. Okay. Um, yeah, any uh, any information y'all want to uh, put out there or us to plug for you, just let us know any point, any time. And uh, hey, we're, we'll help you any way we can. I know that uh, I'm, I'm in it. Look, I'm in it for women's football in general. I started doing this show just for women's football, just to promote it, not anything else. Because I sure got a, I got a lot of other things on my plate as well. But I, I want to help the sport grow, and I want to help it grow the correct way, and that's through hard work, dedication, um, to prove, just like you said, that you don't have to have 50 players and, and 45 of them all-stars to win. You just got to have players that are willing to work hard and learn and play together and grow together to win. And uh, that's why I started doing this show was uh, just to promote women's football in general. So anything that we can do and or I can do to help you, I should be proud to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
So we're big on community this year. That's one of our points of emphasis, uh, second to player development. And so in our news section, we do a lot of promoting, you know, women in sports or the league. We had a great write-up on, you know, the women's uh, hockey championship and their fight for equality. And so, you know, to have people check out the news page um, on our Facebook and our um, well, our social media because we are, we're kind of doing the same thing where we want to promote things within, you know, the football community, women in sports community, you know, the Dallas community, whatever that may be. We've, we've got a great partnership going with the Division One women's rugby team here in Dallas, the uh, Harlequins. And, uh, you know, uh, for anybody that wants to check out the games, we've made it easier to access tickets. Um, you can actually go online and purchase tickets online for the game. You can purchase tickets through an individual player or sponsorships. We have links to all this on the individual, uh, you know, player pages. So, um, we've made it really easy for people to access uh, women's football and the Dallas Elite in particular, whether it be a particular player or the team info or even just, um, you know, women in sports in general. So any of our social media, um, I mean, we're, we're posting on the daily. So, you know, we, we encourage people every day, check out, see what's new on the social media tabs because we're doing a lot of really cool stuff this year. And we've got some some theme games, so like like Jamie said, we want to reach out to the community, and we're definitely going to have like a first respondents night. So we want to invite police officers, firefighters, um, you know, emergency medical response teams. We're going to have a student athlete night. We'll have veterans. I mean, we've already been talking to these different entities because we really want to be involved in the community. We don't do this to make money. As much as we would love to be paid, we don't do it for money, and we want to be involved, you know what I'm saying, like all the things that we can do to help not only young ladies but just young people realize that they can be those uh, barrier breakers and do whatever it is that they desire despite the fact that it may not be something that was in the norm for them to be able to do in the past. Right. Well, that, that's great. I, I wish, you know, like I say, I wish everybody would take that kind of attitude uh, toward the sport. That's what it's going to take to to get it to the level that all the serious people uh, would like to see it at. Now, I know Dad said she was 42. Uh, Jamie, how old are you? I will be 32 April 21st. So if anybody wants to wish me a happy birthday or, you know, send player donations or whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. And I'm 32. Uh, my birthday is April 9th, and I'll be 33, so that goes for me as well. I take okay. all donations. Well, here on that. Here, the reason I ask y'all, and, and this brought to my attention, is Dad tell me she was 42. We actually started a little club on our our team alone, and we call it the Dirty 30, and uh, it's all the okay. girls that are over 30 that play on our team, and they got their own little club thing going around. And I've been, <laughs> and I had some of them on the show and stuff. But what? I, and it's a serious question. So many people, and I'm sure y'all have seen it too, so many of these young girls, 17, 18, early 20s, have the opportunity to play a sport they've never played before, to be able to be involved in something greater than their self, but they choose just to give a half-month effort or quit. What would what? And I want each one of y'all to ask you, what would be y'all's uh, words to them? I, you know, I think 
Um, that's tough because when you're in it, you think you got all the time in the world. And it's not until later in life. So, um, you know, a lot of us were collegiate athletes or, you know, athletes all the way through high school. And the one thing you miss the most when you're not in that setting is the camaraderie. And sometimes it takes people a year or two to realize, um, you know, how much structure and happiness and joy that adds to your life. Just being around other driven individuals working towards a common goal that, you know, are laying their bodies on the line for you. And I tell people, you know, you can, the whole, you know, don't waste your life when you're young, but, you know, thinking about when they were younger, who did they look up to? I ask people this all the time. I had girls that, you know, went through camps when they were 12. And then when they got into high school and I went back and watched their games and they would say, yeah, I remember watching you were when you were in high school and I was 12. And I tell them, just remember that the same way you were watching me and I inspired you you are now that person for somebody else, whether you know it or not. And so sometimes putting it into perspective for these young girls helps them realize, wow, hey, like I need to take advantage of this opportunity because I'm now that person for somebody else or I could be that person for somebody else. And so I, for for me, I know that's the biggest takeaway is, hey, just remember that that everything is always in a cycle you're nothing's ever going to end with you we all die we all leave this earth so it's all about what are you leaving behind and how are you making an impact in this world and what is your legacy going to be and when you get people thinking about that um i think it really turns a switch for a lot of people i think um it's really big that people see what we're doing they see the things that we do in our normal life, the different walks of life we have. I mean, we come from so many different areas, and it's just like, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. I coach football, and I have, and I actually had a girl on the team last year. And it's funny because she approached me, and I don't think she would have approached anybody had she not saw me already. And then I had other girls that showed that they were interested. And there's actually several girls in the district and in the DFW area that are playing on boys' teams. I mean, we have a young lady that, you know, is kind of being mentored under us, and she plays on a boys' team. So you'd be surprised at how many people look at us. Um, one of my, one of the boys on my team came to me one day and said, hey, I want to uh, walk with my favorite coach. I said, oh, boy, what, what do you want? How much money do you need? He's like, no, I'm serious. I said, what, what makes me your favorite coach? He said, because he said, you're a woman, and it, I know it's hard for you to do this, and I admire that. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's one of those kids that's always cracking jokes, getting in trouble. And I was like, he said something serious, and it was meaningful. So, I mean, we touch a lot of people that we don't realize, and we're just out here having fun. Initially, I don't think everybody said, I'm going to play women's football so that I can make a difference. It was, man, I want to go beast mode, and I want to run through somebody and, you know, knock somebody down. Then it was like, oh, wow, people actually look up to us for doing something different. I mean, there you can't say there's tens of thousands of people uh, doing a lot of things. Uh, a lot of times, you know, basketball, football for boys, it's hundreds of thousands, millions of people. But it's a small community of women playing football. So, I mean, we're a unique community and group of individuals. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, um, you know, I, I love that that, uh, you know, you get the interaction with, with these kids and, and looking up to you. So, so Lauren, what's your perspective here? Um, I think, touching on, I agree with what 
both Jamie and, and Des said. Um, but I, I just know that if I had, it's important to me to get the word out because if I had known about women's football when I was some of these kids' age, because I, when I came into the game, I was 29. If I had known about it when I was 22, 23, 24, and had more time to develop or even like some of these young girls playing it in high school I just never thought that it was an option for me you know and now that that I found out that there was an avenue I just it's important to expand that so that people do have the choice and they know that this is something that they can get into and it's for women of all body types it's one of the few sports that there is no Tall, short, B O G, L O G, you know, muscles, no muscles. There's a there's a spot on the field for everybody type for this game. Yeah, that's right. I, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of the only sports that the skinniest girl to the biggest girl can can still play and and mm-hmm. you know feel like they fit in. You know, because if you're a big yeah. person, I've been a big person my whole life. You know, you're playing a you're playing a sport where everybody else is way little, and everybody like this big guy. He can't play, and football's the greatest <laughs> sport because of that. You know what I'm saying? And 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 everybody is equal. And uh, one of our best players is, I think, 33 or four or five, maybe, and she just started playing last year. Um, and you know, we got some girls that are 19 or 20, and you just see them; they give. They just go through the motions about half the time, you know, and, and all my girls in the Dirty 30 Club are just saying, gosh, I, can, I would love to have started uh, when I was her age. You can bet that if I did, I sure wouldn't be giving half the effort she's given. So, you know, I think it's important for these girls out there that are younger to hear and realize that the best, mostly, the, I don't say always, but most of the best players on these teams are like y'all, and that's over the age of 30. And you're still you're putting in harder work. You're still doing it at the highest level, and uh, they ought they ought to look up and say, hey, that's what I want to be, except I want to be it right now. And that's what I'd love to see take place. Um, you girls got anything else you want to throw out there about your team or uh, um, about this season before we go? No, I mean, I think I think we covered all. I mean, we definitely want to see um, as many people as we can in the, in the stands and following us on social media. We've got a lot of fun stuff. And like I said, we're all about, you know, promoting us and the game and, you know, community involvement this year. So we definitely appreciate you giving us the opportunity and giving us a platform to speak on that because, you know, there's an example of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, when they first started, I mean, somebody said, you know, they would go bail hay if they needed to, to get their name out there. And now look at them now, you know, so we understand that essentially it's grassroots and we're going to take every opportunity we can to promote ourselves and, and the game and hope, and hopes that one day, like the Cowboys, you know, it, it speaks for itself. And do it with as much class as possible. Cause yep. we want to represent women's football with integrity we want people to look up to us. There's a lot of men's teams out there that look up to what we do. doesn't matter how small the exposure we've gotten is. When they see us out there playing and they see how we carry ourselves, they start adjusting some of the things they do. So we're making a difference. 
and letting women and girls know that the avenue is there and this is not something that's unattainable to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sure uh, really appreciate y'all coming on, taking the time, and I want to wish y'all, like the old coach, all the luck in the world. And uh, I get to Texas all the time. I'm actually going to be going through Dallas tomorrow. And uh, be back through. Maybe someday I'll stop by and meet y'all and watch you practice or something. Uh, if not, I hope to see you in Atlanta at the championship game or uh, something happens. You don't make it. Maybe uh, meet you at the All Star game or something. Sounds like absolutely. Good deal. Thank All you. All right, girls. Thank you. Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank y'all for being on. Good luck to you. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. Yes, ma'am. Y'all too. All right, there's the coach Mike Ellington, Jamie Fornell, Dennis Allen, and Laura, Lauren Chelsley from the Dallas Elite. Um, come on and uh, have some good conversations with them. Um, there's there's so much that I've told my team over over the years that we do things. They think I'm crazy, but we do things like a big team. We're just not a big team. And, you know, that just goes to prove all the things I've been preaching to my girls over these years are are true. You know, the fact that they're um, they're doing the same things out there that we do, they just got a lot more players to do it. And, you know, they're doing it with these girls that are, would be in the dirty, dirty club on our team. And, and I love that. You know, I hear um, – some girls on our team talk about their getting some age and, um, you know, might think about retiring. Well, Miss Dez Allen there, she said she was 42, and uh, she's playing out there for them. You can bet she's still a player. So uh, I guarantee you, it don't, you know, that's the great thing about sports. It don't matter how old you are. If you stay in shape and you want to play and keep keep progressing and keep that drive alive and the hunger to get better, to be better, to strive to be the best, you can play from now on. Uh, I've seen a girl play for Houston last year that when I watched her play, I pointed out somebody, I think she wore number seven. So that girl right there is a player. Uh, we actually met her at a, a little get-together after the game, and uh, she went around introducing herself, and I didn't know her. Just told me what number she was, and I said, wow, she was like 52 years old. And I'm telling you, she was a player. So, you know, for all you young girls out there, you younger girls, whatever you want to call it, I've been preaching to it, preaching on it, take these girls Look at what they're doing. Don't take it for granted. You heard Miss um, Chelsea say that she's been playing for four years. She's just 33. It starts, she's 29. She's played for two of the best teams, period, in women's football. And she would have loved to have known about it years ago. So take these opportunities and uh, come run with them because they don't just come along every now and again, and just like they all, uh, like Jamie said, you know, that ring, sort of, that elusive ring, you know, she thought may never come, of all the great teams she played on, finally did come. You never know 
when it might be your time. That's why you keep driving, you keep practicing, you keep working toward it. So, uh, you know, take it seriously and uh, give 100%. No matter where you're playing, no matter who you play for, what team you're on, Give a hundred percent, man. Give it your all. So, and I think if you do, um, you'll have great success, no matter where you're at or who you play for. Uh, and that that goes for coaches and players and the organization, owners, everybody involved. It takes a whole hundred percent from everybody um, to pull these things off, uh, unless you got just a, a stable of of all stars so and sometimes that don't even work but uh, anyway like I say every week I've got to thank JC Hawk Sports Network she's the one that came to me and gave me this opportunity to uh, promote the game of women's football uh, a lot of people don't understand um, that's why we do it I mean like I said I've got a lot of irons in the fire it would have been just easy for me to uh, not accept the offer, and uh, who knows? I don't know if she's got somebody else to do it or whatnot. But I got thinking, hey, you know what? This opportunity to do something great for these girls. I know what I would like to see done. I don't know how many people, other than myself, that I would trust to do it. And uh, so I jumped on the opportunity. And uh, like I say. Every week, I'm I'm for women's football, no matter what team, what league you're in. Hey, you got um, you got to help the sport, and you got to be a uh, good person and strive to to want to be great as a whole. Do it in the classy way. You heard those girls talk about the way they want to do it. So, without Without J.C. Hawk Sports Network, this none of this happens because I sure wouldn't have ever thought to do it. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's been great for me to get out my element of uh, never did things like this and and to promote the, the uh, leagues out there and these teams and some great players. You know, get these players obviously. Some of those girls probably talk more than others, and same with every team. So, uh, you know, if you get a chance, get on there, um, radiojchawks.com, send you comments and, and things to her, because she's the one that makes it all work. I just get on here and run off the mouth about it. So, uh, thanks to her. Um, March 31st is coming up. I can't tell you. Again, how excited I am for that. The USWFL has inaugural kickoff day that day. So uh, it's going to be a great great day of football. We've got four games, eight uh, different teams coming to play four games. So really, really looking forward to that. So uh, if, you don't, uh, if you don't get a chance to come, I think we're going to um, – have it on live feed. Uh, I'll try to get the information for that in the next uh, few weeks. So um, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank uh, the coach and the players from the Dallas Elite for taking the time to get on here and talk about things. I know that uh, some of it uh, may not be as comfortable as other things when teams split or what have you. 
but it's just life. And, uh, you know, I think they got their point across. And uh, I'm not saying they think they're better off, but they know what they have to do to make it work. So, And it sure sounds like they're doing it in the right way. So thanks to them for being on. Thank everybody for listening. And uh, I guess we'll uh, talk to you next Tuesday night. Thank you.